The book of Psalms, chapter 8, verses 1 through 2. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who hast set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. Unable to express the glory of God, the psalmist utters a note of exclamation, O Jehovah our Lord. We need not wonder at this, for no heart can measure, no tongue can utter the half of the greatness of Jehovah. The whole creation is full of his glory and radiant with the excellency of his power. His goodness and his wisdom are manifested on every hand. The countless myriads of terrestrial beings, from man the head to the creeping worm at the foot, are all supported and nourished by the divine bounty. The solid fabric of the universe leans upon his eternal arm. Universally, he is present. Everywhere, his name is excellent. God works ever and everywhere. There is no place where God is not. The miracles of his power await us on all sides. Traverse the silent valleys where the rocks enclose you on either side, rising like the battlements of heaven, till you can see but a strip of the blue sky far overhead. You may be the only traveler who has passed through that glen. The bird may start up affrighted, and the moss may tremble beneath the first tread of human foot. But God is there in a thousand wonders, upholding yon rocky barriers, filling the flower cups with their perfume, and refreshing the lonely pines with the breath of his mouth. Descend, if you will, into the lowest depths of the ocean, where undisturbed the water sleeps, and the very sand is motionless and unbroken quiet. But the glory of the Lord is there, revealing its excellence in the silent palace of the sea. Borrow the wings of the morning and fly to the uttermost parts of the sea. But God is there. Mount to the highest heaven or dive into the deepest hell, and God is in both hymned in everlasting song or justified in terrible vengeance. Everywhere and in every place, God dwells and is manifestly at work. Nor on earth alone is Jehovah extolled, for his brightness shines forth in the firmament above the earth. His glory exceeds the glory of the starry heavens. Above the region of the stars, he has set fast his everlasting throne and there he dwells in light ineffable. Let us adore him who alone spreads out the heavens and treads upon the waves of the sea, who makes Arcturus, Orion, and Pleiades, and the chambers of the south. We can scarcely find more fitting words than those of Nehemiah. Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all things that are therein, the seas and all that is therein, 
and thou preservest them all, and the host of heaven worships you. Returning to the text, we are led to observe that this, that this psalm is addressed to God, because none but the Lord himself can fully know his own glory. The believing heart is ravished with what it sees, but God only knows the glory of God. What a sweetness lies in the little word, our. How much is God's glory endeared to us when we consider our interest in him as Lord? How excellent is thy name. No words can express that excellency, and therefore it is left as a note of exclamation. The very name of Jehovah is excellent. What must his person be? Note the fact that even the heavens cannot contain his glory. It is set above the heavens, since it is and ever must be too great for the creature to express. When wandering amid the Alps, we felt that the Lord was infinitely greater than all his grandest works. And under that feeling, we roughly wrote these few lines. Yet in all these, how great they be. We see not him, the glass is all too dense, and dark, or else our earth-born eyes too dim. You Alps that lift their heads above the clouds and hold familiar converse with the stars are dust at which the balance trembleth not compared with his divine immensity. The snow-crowned summits fail to set him forth who dwelleth in eternity and bears alone the name of high and lofty one. Depths unfathomed are too shallow to express the wisdom and the knowledge of the Lord. The mirror of the creatures has no space to bear the image of the infinite. Tis true the Lord hath fairly writ his name and set his seal upon creation's brow. But as the skillful potter much excels the vessel which he fashions on the wheel, even so, but in proportion greater far, Jehovah's self transcends his noblest works. Earth's ponderous wheels would break, her axles snap, if freighted with the load of deity. Space is too narrow for the eternal's rest, and time too short a footstool for his throne. E'en avalanche and thunder lack a voice to utter the full volume of his praise. How then can I declare him? Where are words with which my glowing tongue may speak his name? Silent I bow, and humbly I adore. Yet not only in the heavens above is the Lord seen, but the earth beneath is telling forth his majesty. In the sky, the massive orbs rolling in their stupendous grandeur are witnesses of his power in great things. While here below, the lisping utterances of babes are the manifestations of his strength in little ones. How often will children tell us of a God whom we have forgotten? How does their simple prattle refute those learned fools who deny the being of God? Many men have been made to hold their tongues, while sucklings have borne witness to the glory of the God of heaven. It is singular how clearly the history of the church expounds this verse. Did not the children cry, Hosanna, in the temple? 
when proud Pharisees were silent and contemptuous. And did not the Savior quote these very words as a justification of their infantile cries? Early church history records many amazing instances of the testimony of children for the truth of God. But perhaps more modern instances will be most interesting. Fox tells us in the Book of Martyrs that when Mr. Lawrence was burnt in Colchester, he was carried to the fire in a chair, because through the cruelty of the papists, he could not stand upright. Several young children came about the fire and cried as well as they could speak, Lord, strengthen thy servant and keep thy promise. God answered their prayer, for Mr. Lawrence died as firmly and calmly as anyone could wish to breathe his last. When one of the popish chaplains told Mr. Wishart, the great Scottish martyr, that he had a devil in him, a child that stood by cried out, A devil cannot speak such words as yonder man speaks. One more instance is still nearer to our time. In a postscript to one of his letters, in which he details his persecution when first preaching in Moorfields, Whitfield says, I cannot help adding that several little boys and girls, who were fond of sitting round me on the pulpit while I preached, and handed to me people's notes, though they were often pelted with eggs, dirt, and thrown at me, never once gave way. But on the contrary, every time I was struck, turned up their little weeping eyes and seemed to wish they could receive the blows for me. God make them in their growing years great and living martyrs for him who out of the mouth of babes and sucklings perfects praise. He who delights in songs of angels is pleased to honor himself in the eyes of his enemies by the praises of little children. What a contrast between the glory above the heavens and the mouths of babes and sucklings. Yet by both, the name of God is made excellent. Mm -hmm.